Hello, superstars. Welcome to the Up Your Creative Genius podcast, where you will gain insight and tips to stomp on the accelerator and blast off to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Patty Dobervolsky, and if this is your first time tuning in, then strap in because this is serious rocket fuel. Each week, I interview fellow creative geniuses to help you learn how easy it is to up your creative genius in any part of your life. Hey, everybody, it's Patty Dobervolsky with Up Your Creative Genius. OMG! Pam Austin is in the house. Oh my God, you guys. I mean, do you know how hard it was for me to get her in here? Number one, because she's so freaking busy. And now you're here. I love you so much. And I am so excited about what you're going to tell people today. So hello, Pam. Thank you so much for taking the time. Hello, Patty, my friend, my dear, dear friend. We go back so many years. I miss you. I'm still here in Seattle. I know it. I know it. I wish I was up there, but I'm not. I'm here in Texas. <laughs> Lovely. <Okay. laughs> exactly. Lovely. I'm just so happy that you invited me into your podcast and to all your viewers and those who want to inspire to be better, to think bigger, to realize more through the way that your expertise delivers. Well, and this is really about you and your expertise. I just want okay. to say that they know a little bit about me, but I want them to know about you. So people that are okay. listening, this is Pam Austin. We do go way back, but I'm going to have her tell her story to you, like where she came from, how she got into doing what she's doing and what she's doing now, whatever she can talk about, because we might still be in the secret silence around it because it's so new. I'm super excited, but just Pam. Tell people about you. Like, where'd you come from? Where'd you grow up? Everything. Yeah. So I grew up in uh, Boston, Massachusetts, in a middle-class, humble home with my two older sisters, my mom and my dad, and stayed in Boston, lived in Boston. My parents were entrepreneurs and owned a dry cleaning business. And education was always front and center and education and civil rights, two of the things, you know, and most black families, you had John F. Kennedy, Martin Luther King and Jesus, right? That's right. That's right. I was in a white family. It was the same for me, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I grew up in Boston. And as I'm older now, I look back on that beautiful city particularly because yesterday was a Boston Marathon. I know. I know. And I reflected on the Boston Marathon because where the finish line is, my first building, the first building off to the left, right, that crosses over the finish line is a building to the left. That was my first PR job ever. Oh, wow. And so it brought back, as I was thinking about you and, you know, engaging with you today, I thought about and was reflected on my past in Boston. So Boston, for those who have never been or those who have brushed through and breezed through, it's a beautiful city. I owe everything to Boston in terms of my grit, my affability, my getting around, my appreciation for diversity in different cultures. Yeah. Because as a little girl, I went to one of the elite public schools called Girls Latin. Yes. And I studied Latin there. And Crazy. I, had, I know. I'm good at it too. In fact, my sons actually followed in my footsteps and took Latin as well. But I went to Girls Latin and there the door was open to explore other ethnic communities So I had friends from Chinatown, and respectfully, back then it was called Chinatown, the Jewish community, the Italian community, the Irish community. 
And so that was my first foray into respect for inclusion and different experiences. And so that molded and shaped me. And then from there, I went on to school at Howard University. Yes, go Howard. (laughs) And your sons went there too. My sons went there too. My baby son went to St. John's. So for those in New York City, uh, Queens actually. So I traveled to DC. I specialized in broadcast journalism. I did a couple of stints abroad. And oh my goodness, the lawn keepers decided. That's all right. Don't worry. It always happens. I'm surprised the dogs haven't started barking on my end. So you're good. (laughs) Keep going. Don't worry. (laughs) So, you know, so I was there in DC and working really hard in broadcast journalism and international marketing. I was recommended for a student abroad program. I spent time at the University of Madrid in Spain. I got to travel all over Europe, including all the way south into the northern tip of Africa. So I traveled on a boat. This is crazy, but I literally did this. I traveled on a boat across the Gibraltar. The first time Uh, I saw a pool of dolphins. Wow. And I landed in Tangiers, Morocco, found my way all the way through uh, down south to Fez. And so I've had just a wonderful experience. And Again, all these wonderful moments that are serendipitous that ever happened to me in my life. One is in Morocco, I learned about, again, the importance of languages. Yes. I met a little boy, 11 years old, six languages. He brought me around and led me into a mosque. And as a young Christian American girl, I was not draped in the proper. Yeah, I bet not. No, 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 no. So I've had a wonderful career. I mean, a wonderful beginning. Yes. I had a family that loved me, a family that endorsed me. They told me that education was the route, that we had to fight for civil rights, the importance of respecting people's perspectives and different walks of life, and the importance of, of making sure that if we rise, all rise. And so I've carried that throughout my whole career as a manager, as now a leader, uh, vice president of communications. It really matters to me around inclusiveness respect for IQ and experiences and so forth. So I'm And respect for EQ. I mean, you're a big EQ person too. Like you get down and dirty. You'd like to talk about stuff. Yeah. Like let's get under the surface. I'm an ENTJ in the Myers. Ah, there you go. There you go. I love it. The J part. I can relate to the judgment part on the end. That's what makes us good at finishing and closing the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that too comes hard. And that comes directly from my roots in Boston. Right. Yeah, Judgment of course. Is a yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then you went on to have a really successful career. Like I met you at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. But before that, you were at Microsoft. You know, you were a key comms person there. Yeah. So I took a little interesting turn. So I thought I was going to be in broadcast journalism as a news reporter. I yes. started out that way. In Which Boston. is why you're so smart about politics. So for anybody that's, that's listening, this is what I know about Pam. Like if you aren't caught up on what's happening politically, don't get in a conversation with her about it because she'll <laughs> let you have it. You got to know. Will, you got to listen and you got to know. And because that's how you know what's right for you and what to fight for. Right. Yeah, what to stand up so for. When, yeah. You know, I've been focusing and reflecting on the power of As a communications expert, I've been focusing on and reflecting on inclusive communications. What does that look like? Yeah, what's that mean even, right? Well, it's formulating in my brain, but you know me, I'm always like light years ahead. But what it means to me is we have to be careful and sensitive about the language. How do we use language 
to communicate effectively that is inclusive of those who are going to receive the message. Right. Right. And it was in large part due to how the world is changing, you know, the whole racial justice movement, yep. where we are, the inclusiveness of it and the cancel culture and all that. We've got to have a different language to yeah. me. But let me pause there, but jump back to, yes, I met you at the Gates Foundation when that was about 2008-ish area time wow. frame. But I, you, before that, you were broadcast journalism. So you you switched yeah. off that track and went into corporate work, right? Yeah, because my dad. My dad okay. had a friend. <laughs> my dad <laughs> had go. a friend who was a big wig at Digital Equipment Corporation. Okay. And so if anybody knows deep in technology, Digital Equipment Corporation was at that time the disruptor to IBM. Oh, wow. And so computers were big, huge mainframes that needed specialized rooms and different floors and special. Oh, yeah, they were huge, huge. Well, digital came in and said, you don't need all of that. Throw all that away. Here are these things called mini computers. Yeah, there you go. And so I joined as a sales rep. And then from there, I crushed it in sales. And they said, you know, what? you're really good marketing. We got a job for you over here. So I ended up in the marketing organization, which Len then said, no, 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 you're really good at PR. Why don't you get into that thing? And so I just said, yes, yes, yes. Because, you know, growing up in Boston in a humble home, you know what? Take those opportunities. Don't say no, just work hard and figure it out. So So if you're listening, this is just your first tip from Pam, you know, is take the opportunity when it comes to you. Don't be like second guessing it. You know, when the door opens, go. Go through it because it really creates a massive amount of change. So you came in with one role, then this role, this role, and you went every single time and learned what you needed to in order to be successful because you are so incredibly successful. I mean, that's the truth. (laughs) Yeah, I think the interesting thing is, you know, to that point, uh, I encourage women because, you know, I have an affinity to women in corporate America. I learned that because of a boss who was a man. Yeah. Who just reinforced it for me. Yes. That, you know what? Never say no. You know what? It's not the fake it till you make it, but it is and it isn't. But what I believed in is I can do it. Yes. Right? So you so had the it, confidence to do it, whatever it right. was, the whatever door opened. Confidence you figured, hey, if I don't know it. Yeah. Confidence and curiosity. Really, those are the two great things that go behind inclusion, really. Yeah. Right. Equity yeah. and inclusion is all about confidence and curiosity, asking the questions that nobody else will ask and right. not being afraid to and then making sure that everybody's voice is heard. Right. That's right. So that's, right. that's fantastic. All right. Yeah, so so there you are in this corporate job. You're doing PR. So then I got an opportunity to come to California for to one of the okay. boutique PR agencies in California. And of course, I had my ex-husband at the time who was going to study at Berkeley. Okay. And so I said, okay, I'm going to continue doing this PR thing. And next thing I know, I'm servicing a client called Sun Microsystems. Oh, there you who, go. All right. Yeah. Who is going to launch a product called Java. Oh, which my is one God. Of the- that is crazy. And at the time, the internet was just being launched. Now I'm telling right, my right. age. So yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Folks. I'm older than you, so who cares? Yeah. 1995, right? I was part of the crew that helped communicate to the world what the internet was and the promise of the internet. Wow. That must have been incredible. Yeah. That was so visionary. Yeah, it was because, you know, the internet was recently, it was called PC to TCP IP. 
Yes. So it was so technical, the protocol, yeah. right? And so here I am, <laughs> a broadcast journalism major, trying to explain this technical protocol. But oh what I was God. able to do is use, you know, the importance of communication and laymanship. Talk yes. to people as if they're at the barbecue or the picnic. That's right. That's right. Well, right. that's true today, too, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what I you mean, want. It has to be conversational. Otherwise, you don't ever really bond. Otherwise, you're way up, way, way behind in the clouds, just sort of floating around. Yeah. You know, I'll make my career journey short because I can get to the real stuff. Because my journey has been just amazing to me. If you ask this young African-American woman from Dorchester, Massachusetts, from Roxbury, Massachusetts, from Mattapan, wow. in the communities of Boston that she would catapult into Microsoft, yep. fast forward to 2003. Yep. And there I was responsible for helping to drive and shape the corporate brand. Yes. At a time when Microsoft, similarly to my former company, Facebook, is going through this transformational change in terms of clarity and redefining who we are and what our purpose is. Yes. And so I got into the branding team and from branding team, I was responsible for helping employees understand the shift that we were making yep. away from how we were showing up to our customers, our partners, which at the time was a little rough, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, it was. It wasn't going very well. No, it wasn't. So, and that's you know. when we were shifting the, the gears towards your potential is our passion. Your right. passion is our is our passion. Whatever yeah. you try to do, we're trying to help you. Okay. That's right. So that's right. I'm and actually help. what's true is that's the through line for Microsoft. That's what they've right. always been wanting to do. And now they're right. just broadening it. Right. So that it really right. feels more inclusive that your business, like you could be a co-seller, you could be a whatever it Anything. is. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. really amazing. So, yeah, well, and, and so, you were there at that part, and that's when you formed a relationship with Bill, right? Bill Gates. Well I, I, well, I formed a relationship with Mitch Matthews and Larry Cohen, who Mitch Matthews was our chief marketing officer at the time, and Larry Cohen was my direct, direct boss, head of communications and public affairs, who's now still with Bill over at Bill's Endeavors in Seattle. But I moved and, and really worked on trying to educate employees of what this now means. So it was a change management effort. Yes, and that's actually, scale. that's right. And I would say that's what's true about you over time is that you've always been about communicating about change, what this means to us as an employee, what it means to me as a consumer in the marketplace, how all these things matter. And so, you know, fast forward, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and then you went down to Samsung, and then you yeah. were at Facebook. And where are you now? I'm now at a Woven Planet, which is a subsidiary of the Toyota Motor Corporation. Yes. And, it's an, uh, I mean, it's the coolest job ever. I ever. can imagine. And what's true is you've been in the fire at all of these companies at some point. Like you had to prep the leaders to go in front of the press and speak articulately about what it was and guide them. And so what did you call on in yourself to know what to say to them? Because I'm curious about that. Like, what did you call on? How did you get yourself ready and get them ready to go? Yeah. So, Patty, I'm going to give you a shameless plug because... I remember when I was trying to make my next jump 
as to what I really wanted to like, what am I really, really good at? Yeah. And because of our work and our deep relationship and work at the Gates Foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the change management work that we did there. Yes. As you know, we became fast friends, but I also saw that I needed you. Yeah. I needed whatever that expertise that you were given to others that you're giving it still to this day. I had to really get to understand what is my real true value at? Yeah. How can I show up in a very differentiated way that is me authentically yeah. Yeah. that will add value to either an executive's presence or the business priorities or advancing the mission and the vision of a company. And yes. through the work that we did, and I'll never forget it in Ballard, in your downstairs. Yeah, in our little office. studio, that red floored studio down there. Yeah, it was yeah, cold. Yeah. It dogs. was cold down there. <laughs> yeah, but it was fun. It was warm because you were really trying to help me. You were reinforcing to me, you've got a skill. You've got some magic. We just need to pull it out and figure out where to put it and place it. Yeah. And so because of that work, I was able to harness that across the Gates Foundation, harness it even more with an invitation to do executive communication and corporate communication support at Salesforce. Oh, that's right. Salesforce, Salesforce I totally forgot about yeah. that. Yes, Salesforce. And then, and, and then I perfected it again on a global, truly global international platform with yeah. Samsung, who yes. is, as you know, a conglomerate of 350,000 people around the world exactly. working for a president that was trying to chart yeah. the future of Samsung, the next generation of Samsung. And then now here I am, and then I flipped over to Facebook to do very similarly, yes. right? And now currently I'm at Toyota, Woven Planet. Woven Planet is really about helping the world think about the future of how we will move not only just people, yeah, but information and goods. Okay. And the spirit of Toyota, as I'm learning, and that, it validates why I'm there, is because, again, the automotive industry is at a inflection point. Yes, it is. That they know that they're going to have to change. Right. Because not only the consumers are asking them to change, the climate is begging them to change. Yep. And Akio Toyota, who is the chairman of Toyota, realizes that he knows that through the power of technology, we'll have a different mode of moving people. Yeah. And do it in a responsible, safe yeah. way. Good. And that it can be available to everyone, right? Yeah. And then they take it a next step further, which is why I'm just like so in love right now with my job. And then they take it a next step further. In order for us to create these cool new vehicles, whether it's electrical, hydrogen-based, or where the next evolution of totally fully autonomous driving vehicles will go, can't wait. You have to have a city. You have to have a yeah. city. Yeah. You have to have an infrastructure that can support that. Yes, and so Toyota has Woven City, which is planning to oh, be the living, it is the living laboratory to kind of test out the technologies for what countries around the world and governments around the world will have to ultimately contend with. Because the more and more these vehicles transform, you're going to, charging stations are for today. You may yes. not need charging stations. For yeah, tomorrow. let's hope not. Let's hope not. Let's hope yeah, that it's, 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 it's that's bigger. Right. And I love beyond. That. And so I lo- that's why that's, that's super exciting, Pam. That no. is just unbelievable. Now, all right. 
So this is what you're doing and you're like crushing it there. I know you are because that's what you do. But tell me, like you pivoted from this place to that place to this place to that place. And most of the people that listen in here are interested in how to pivot. They're mostly looking for how, you know, because most of us hate change. We don't like it. You know, 98 percent of us are not interested in changing, even if we have a life threatening illness. We just want to stay the same and we keep smoking whatever we're going to do. And I know you, you have pivoted and pivoted. So tell me, what do you rely on to pivot? Yes, that's a very good question. I rely on, again, it goes back to courage and curiosity. And, you know, in many of the interviews that I've had, and this is hopefully I'm speaking to somebody out there who can relate to this. When I get calls from folks or LinkedIn or headhunters or VCs that will call me and say, hey, I want you to do this gig. Can you do it? It is for me, it really requires, they go, well, why do you move so often? Like you went from here to here to here to here. And the only response I could give back is because people like you keep calling me. Yeah. That's right. right. That's right. (laughs) You keep calling me with an opportunity that somehow the universe really realizes that that should be my next bump or to consider it. And so when these offers come, I've passed up a lot. But when the right one comes and when I look and reflect on my career journey, all of them were at pivotal moments in time. And I felt at that time I could really add value in some way. Like take my tour duty at Facebook. I really felt, and this was interesting because a lot of people are like, why are you going there? You know, and I said, I really think that I can use my skill set to move the ball just a little bit down the field. That's right. And I learned that understanding of moving the ball in inches down the field. I learned that from Bill and Melinda at the Gates Foundation. You know, many of the companies and the technologies that I'm working with and on Yes. Are long, intractable, futuristic visions and technologies that warrant you to be able to, you know what, you're going to contribute where you can. In the black community, we say you can get in where you fit in. Right. That's right. Make impact where you can. And then, you know what, something else might come. That's that's right. And I think this is key, too. So you're talking about the pivot is that an opportunity opens. People will offer opportunities to you all the time. Everybody, this is what's true. And you sometimes Mm -hmm. are not paying attention. So you got to one, you got to pay attention Two, you have to realize that, you know, I get called all the time from companies that would I work for them all the time? Probably not. But I realize, okay, this is a window. I could go in there and have an impact in that company by what I say or do, or how I can help them in some way. And I'm not just talking about help them with their vision and strategy, because I do a lot of that. I'm talking about helping them with their consciousness. You know, we're talking about being really understanding that the universe operates for the good of the whole. And sometimes they're operating for the good of themselves. And our job is to help them see how important their employees are, what their strategies are that they got to consider everybody. And if they're in my case, I often walk in, it's an all white board. And I'm like, I don't see a single person of color or a woman here. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Because this is not going to serve 
anybody but you. And I want to, you know, for me, I want to live in a world that I grew up in. You know, I grew up in L.A., right? Yeah. So we were part yeah. of the first busing. You know, my mother's yeah. best friend was black. So let's just yes. talk about this is the reality that I come from. Right. So to move into a place or into a culture, a world where this is finally, you know, we're talking about it and people are actually making the shift. And if you're still not making the shift. That's not good on you. So I would yeah. say shame on you because now is the time more than ever to really make a change and pivot in your consciousness. See what you don't know about somebody else who looks different than you or acts differently than you or comes from a different place. You know, like your whole upbringing is all about that, Pam, and mm -hmm. mine too. And so in two different perspectives, but it is key and essential that it's forefront for everything that we do. We watch what we say. We watch what we do so that we are including other people, as many people as we can. Yeah, I actually think, you know, again, I've been reflecting in inclusive communications and what all it's saying is to CEOs, like, again, I'm an expert in executive communications and leadership communications. Right. I am a steward of learning constantly in influencer marketing and social presence and digital communications yes. and engagement. I actually believe that in being inclusive in the way that you communicate really is speaking about the soul of a company and what are the principles and guiding principles and the values that you really live by. And here's the shift. So where we are now, and I tell people, it's a true story. I said, look it, in my next job, thanks to Patty, again, for helping me think it through over the three steps, the three steps and the little bridge that I got across <laughs> into my past and where I know I want to be and what I want to be happy in. It is important that we think about really how and what it is that you can really contribute to. And where I am today is really trying to help not change corporations, but really try to understand who they are, what they are, and then how can I help? Right. Well, and I think right. this comes back to really like you're a faith-based person. That's what's true. And so you mm -hmm. understand that service is what life is about, mm -hmm. right? You're here to serve and in whatever way that you can. And so if you can serve, you know, people don't understand that there is a soul of the company. It is its own thing. And it's shaped mm -hmm. by the people that are there, the leadership that's there. And you can influence and shift things by what you speak about and how you present them. And you can inspire people to get on board with a vision of the future. And you can even inspire, in my case, you know, inspire people who are, you know, have been all their friends were laid off and they were left. Those yeah. are the situations yeah. where I often was called in to talk to people about change. Yeah, you know, that was a, that was, yeah, that was a tough time, Patty. And, you know, I have been so blessed to not have been like totally flat on my back, but I have gone through a layoff. I've been let go. If you've been in this game as long as I have, you're going to have one or two of those. Yeah. And this is where it always comes back to what is Pamela's secret sauce? Well, I'm an active listener, right? I learned how to listen more. That was a journey. I remember a senior executive at the Gates Foundation who almost did not allow me to get to the job that I got. I was going to say, who shall not be named. No, I will not name them. But they said to me, it was one of the pieces of advice. You don't listen well. 
Yeah. And so I went on a journey of, okay, let me take that into consideration. So to those that are out there who want to pivot and want to just take that next big leap, one is faith. Like there's a card that I have in my house right now. It says, realize just how good you really are. Yeah. And then two, leap and the net will appear. No doubt. Right? No doubt. And then just, you know what? Perfect your skill set as much as you can. Yes. And ask for feedback. I mean, this is the other thing. You and know, ask for help too. Feedback yeah. Ask for help. That's right. I love that. Yeah. Well, that yeah. I love talking to you. I could talk to you all day, but I don't have all day, I know. but it's unbelievable to hear from you and speak to you. Now I want to know, you know, people want to get inside your day, right? You're a VP of comms. So tell me like in your day, what's your morning ritual? What do you do? Oh, that's so that a people great know, question. What's your morning ritual? People want to know. Like, what do you do? Okay. Okay. So again, as you said, I'm very spiritual oriented, provided that the universe allows me to wake up. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. When I do, I preserve time to really meditate. Yeah. And by meditation, it means I wake up normally around 545 and just sit quietly in that space and try not to bring in, oh, what I got to do today or, but I just try to just be quiet. Nice. And then from there, I collect my thoughts and then I do a, either a four mile run or a three mile, two and a half mile walk, come back, refresh. And I love coffee. But, but yes. before I have coffee, I've committed to having 16 ounces of lemon water, right? That's it's right. Because it's good for you. That's right. Clean it out. And then I get into, okay, what is it? The three things that I want to accomplish today. Okay. So you do and a little there, goal setting. Yep. I do a goal setting. I say, okay, all right. What are the things I know I have to do today versus what I really think I want to do today? Okay. That are still important. Yeah. And then I go into my emails and then I start to kind of glance. I don't go deep. I just glance. And then I come back in and reflect on, okay, my day's going to look like this. What can I bring to the table that's going to add value? And then where can I make the most impact to help others? whether it's people on my team, whether it's the engineering leads of the product areas or even my cohorts and colleagues in Japan. Yeah. So that's how I kind of get going. That's like, that's like a full meal right there. I just want to (laughs) say, I love that. Like, you know, the coffee isn't even started then. And you're like already eating a full meal and then now you're going to digest it with a little cup of coffee. I love that. That is fantastic. And even in that, there are so many tips about how to move yourself forward in your career or in your life or in your understanding of yourself. I love these things that you've shared about be good, get good at listening. And two, find something that you connect with to serve through that, you know, Mm -hmm. then think about your team every day and all of the things that you could do for them to make them better. And, and also, you know, have fun because like you're the consummate chef. So I just want to say, and then just follow her on Instagram and see what she's having for dinner because the dinner is really like, it's probably simmering in that brain along with everything else. You're thinking about what could I eat later on too? That would be delicious. The whole whole foodie (laughs) experience for me is really, that's another form of meditation Yeah, because there's something about sous chefing and of course my son is in the business of restaurant business, but when you're cutting vegetables and you're like, again, my passion is African American Asian fusion. 
because I realized through my travels and living in Seoul, Korea for a while and living in Helsinki, Finland and Madrid, right? Food is just so important to yeah. drive relationships. But the way that they take skill in delivering and chopping the ingredients just, I mean, again, so food is my meditative state where I actually do some of the most creative thinking. Yes, I bet. I bet. Well, and I would just say that I have eaten your food and it is incredible. And I remember that, Patty. I know, it, I know it. So, but here's the thing. I just yeah. want to say to you that to me, you're like a meteorite, you know, you like, boom, you blast off into something. So but what's true is then you land on something and then you roll around for a while and then you do whatever you can to plant, you know, something that grows and then boom, you're off to another thing and you're doing something there. And what's amazing about you is over the years, you've gotten better and better and better at articulating what it is that people need to do and need to say. And so I thank you for that because I think you've shown me that too. You're always giving me tips whenever you are sharing something. I just am always like all ears whenever I'm in Seattle and I can have coffee with you and sit down. I love you so much. And I thank you so much for the time that you spent today with us. And there's one last question I have, which is, what are you reading? What do you think we should be reading? Well, it's going to be a little political. (laughs) Oh, really? Big surprise. (laughs) So I'm a big fan of The Atlantic, okay? Yes. And now I'm going back to my journalistic roots. We are hard-pressed for really good journalism. It's out there, but it's overshadowed by deeply entrenched sides. Yeah. And we're in our own bubbles where it's self-reinforcing what we want to know and what we believe is. Yes. And So I love The Atlantic because they're like a deep think tank for me. But I'm reading Adam Serwer's book of Cruelty is the Point. And it's a reflection on the Trump years and what we just experienced the last past four years. I can't wait. All right. I also read, yeah, let me give it one more. All right, Um, I'm ready. Soul of America. Soul of America. Soul of America. By John Meacham. Fantastic book, Soul of America. Totally love that. I know. I love that book. Yeah, it was so fantastic. Good. I love it. All right. I love you, Pam, Austin. I can't wait to see what you're cooking up next in your kitchen and out in the world. I thank you for taking time. If you want to know more about Pam, what she's up to, there will be a big bio in the show notes. And also you can follow her on Instagram. Are you okay with them following you on Instagram? Yes, What's your Instagram yep. handle? Is that Big Thinker 2? Big Thinker 2. <laughs> Follow her. She'll give you her opinion on both Twitter and Instagram. So I know that for a fact. I love you, Pam. Thank you so much. Just go on. And everybody listening, just, you know, whatever you're doing, go find a way to up your creative genius. Mm. Thanks again. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for being here, Pam. Thank all you, right. Patty, and all those all right. who listen. Yes. You. All right. Have Woo. a great day. Thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to DM me on Instagram your feedback or takeaways from today's episode on Up Your Creative Genius. Then join me next week for more Rocket Fuel. Remember, you are the superstar of your universe and the world needs what you have to bring. So get busy, get out and up your creative genius. 
And no matter where you are in the universe, here's some big love from yours truly, Patty Dobrovolsky, and the Up Your Creative Genius podcast. That's a wrap. 